And what's incredible about this clip, just in addition to the stupidity of these Karens, is the absolute confidence which, with which they made these statements. And it's like they have no idea how stupid they are. Hey everybody, welcome to the Banter Podcast. This is your host, Ben Kern. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Luciano. Mike, we're going to begin with our cursory, how are you today and how has your week been? Fine, as it can be, I guess. But to answer your first question, Ben, I am perplexed. I am perplexed at Donald Trump. Uh, he seems to be exhibiting some especially reckless and baffling behavior of late. We talked about the, the Bible stunt in front of the church. But since we last recorded, he fired the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, Jeffrey Berman, for who knows what reason. But you can bet good money that it was for a nefarious one on Trump's part and the part of Bill Barr. It looks really bad. There's going to be a House investigation into it because Berman's office has been investigating Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, and his ties to those two shady Ukrainian dudes, Parnas and Fruman, uh, who've been indicted by that attorney's office. Uh, this is the same U.S. attorney's office that handled the Michael Cohen case. They're also looking into Deutsche Bank, which is Trump's uh, or was Trump's lender of last resort. They've also brought charges against the Turkish state-owned bank that President Erdogan wanted Trump to kill that investigation. So Trump is not a fan of Jeffrey Berman, and now Berman's not a U.S. attorney anymore. And to do that five months before an election and invite a congressional investigation, to me, seems crazy. And, and two other crazy things here. Trump went ahead with the two rallies in Oklahoma and Arizona during this pandemic as infections were rising day over day. He actually held the rallies there, and there are hardly any masks at either of those events. He is just in general pretending like we're not seeing massive COVID spikes across the country generally, which we are. He's pretending like we can overcome the pandemic by not wearing masks, by not social distancing, and oh yeah, by not shutting down again, which is what is going to have to happen in a lot of places. So he's off in the land of make-believe on that. And finally, he's been really digging in his heels on some culture war issues that just seem totally misplaced right now. It's like he's running for president in 1992. He keeps saying we need to defend our monuments, our Confederate monuments. And in his Arizona speech, he said we need to make flag burning illegal, even though it's protected by the First Amendment. He's on Twitter screaming law and order in all caps. Uh, he's he's calling coronavirus Kung Flu. And I'm just wondering, who is this for? Other than his hardcore supporters who will vote for him anyway, who is this for? How many fence-sitting voters does this kind of behavior nudge to his side? And I don't think it's very many. I Yes, and did you see today's news that he is now trying to repeal Obamacare? And that too, yes. If you were trying to throw an election to the, other, to the opposition— uh, you know, this would be a pretty good way of doing it. All of the, all everything that you've outlined, plus trying to dismantle the the Affordable Care Act in the middle of a pandemic, 
And it's not a pandemic that's dying down, as you mentioned. It's a pandemic that's getting worse, right? And they're thinking about sending out another stimulus check. Um, that's the latest this week that you know that um, a new stimulus check is being uh, is being um, considered. And they're only going to be doing that because if they think that the economy is in real trouble, which it is, why 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 would you do this? Why would you then set yourself up for uh, a series of investigations and a political? Um, a, a political move that is deeply, deeply unpopular, that would be catastrophic for uh, particularly people with no job, right? Um, and people with pre-existing conditions. Okay, so if insurance companies are allowed to not give, uh, to, to deny coverage based if you have a pre-existing con- condition, literally millions of people have contracted coronavirus. This is just handing the Democrats a, a giant sort of talking point. I mean, how many talking points do you want? How many things do you need to be beaten around the head over in order to lose the election? I think, I mean, is he trying to, th- genuinely, I'm interested whether he's trying to throw the election. Maybe he doesn't want this anymore. I don't know. I mean, but it's insane. You sound like Joe Scarborough, who had a, a theory on this. Uh, he said, granted, this theory is out there, but he wondered if Trump is trying to do just that. If I mean, Trump has been staking out positions and engaging in behavior that just isn't conducive to winning. And it feels like the last month, especially, I mean, his whole presidency has been a dumpster fire. But it feels like in the last month or so, there's just been a series of unforced errors on his part. Like the, th- the things we already mentioned, you know, he's insisting that he hold these rallies and that we get the economy going, even excuse me, that we reopen the economy. I'm going to tell you, he thinks that once we open, reopen everything, the economy is going to start going again. Well, if you reopened every place tomorrow without restrictions, a lot of people are still going to stay home. They're not going to go out and spend money. This is a pandemic. It changes consumers' behavior. Tens of millions of people aren't going to go out and and just start spending money again. They're not going to want to sit down in a restaurant, even if it is half capacity. And so Trump, he has really latched onto this and he can't let go of it. He's wrapped his arms around this whole reopening thing. And I'm worried that no matter how bad things get here, he's not going to want to take a step backward, even though it would be a great step forward in ridding ourselves of this pandemic. But Trump is very much all in on the reopen the economy. And I think if he thinks that he shows any signs of wavering on that, he's going to look weak. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's right. I I, I don't know. Maybe he has. Maybe he's got some genius strategy lined up, and he thinks it's all going to be okay. Um, that you can just ignore the hundreds of thousands of people dying. Because I think if if it keeps going as is, I mean, I think America's certainly on track to to lose over two hundred thousand people. I, you know, if we keep, I don't know what the death toll is this week. Is it over one hundred and fifteen thousand now? I think, I think, right? We are at about one hundred and twenty-two thousand. One hundred and twenty-two thousand people dead now. So it, it's pretty likely that we're going to get. I think it's two, about two thousand people a day appear to be dying. So that means that you know, given the fact that we're surging again at the moment, it seems that two hundred thousand is not a is not an unlikely figure. H- how he thinks you can just ignore that? You know, that people are just going to turn a blind eye to, like, their relatives dying and people, like, languishing in hospital, their relatives languishing in hospital for weeks on end. How he thinks that Americans are just going to sort of 
move on from this and just they don't, they don't care anymore. I mean, maybe he's right. Maybe he is, maybe he is correct. Maybe enough people, you know, and then I have, I have been seeing some worrying trends myself with people just basically they're stopping caring about coronavirus. They're just kind of going on about their lives without, you know, worrying too much about social distancing. I was in DC uh, last week uh, driving through and saw people going to bars, no masks on. It's in a, it's in a grocery store, people walking in with no masks on. I don't know. Maybe this is the new, you know, maybe Trump is onto something that, that people really don't care anymore. And, um, you know, they're just so eager to get back to normal life that they're willing to accept that, accept that amount of death, you know, the potential for, for severe illness so that they can, you know, go out to Applebee's or whatever it is they do, you know, and I don't mean that offensively to, to, to people who like eating out. I like eating out, you know, I want to do a lot of these things, but I do also recognize that, you know, if I do so, uh, or if I go around to see, you know, my, my family, you know, there's a there's a risk of them getting infected, and the older they are, the, the more likely they are to, to to die from this thing. So, obviously, you know, I'm trying to be as cautious as possible. But maybe Trump is onto something. I, I I don't know, but it does seem to be. I don't know. I mean, it just strikes me that he had genuinely has no idea how to combat this. He really doesn't know, and he's desperately trying everything to pretend it's not happening. Maybe he's, you know, deep down, he's really, he really is shitting himself and he's worried about this. I, I don't know. It's hard to figure out what's going on in the guy's brain. I mean, obviously not much. Um, but is there some, does he have some sort of strategy here? I, I, I can't tell what it is. I can't imagine risking my life to go to Applebee's. But I, look to your <laughs> point. But, so... So depends how drunk you are. Depends how drunk you are, right? <laughs> Look, definitely a lot of people they have just decided, fuck it. I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna go into a crowded bar, I'm gonna visit my friends, I'm gonna go to the pool party in the Ozarks, I don't care. But if you look at polls on this, Trump is out of step with most Americans. Most Americans are pro-mask. I forget the exact numbers, but they're pro-mask. Most Americans are willing to undergo another shutdown if things get worse, and we might be getting to that point. We are experiencing a record rise in cases. Just today, Florida it reported nearly 9,000 new cases. That's like an 80% jump. Arizona, we mentioned. Texas, Governor Abbott just ordered all bars shuttered, ordered restaurants to cut back to 50% capacity. Uh, he's paused the current phase. Uh, so the, the current phase of reopening is going to go on indefinitely. And they, who knows? They might have to roll it back. California. Can I just, can I just read a quick, uh, on, on the Banton newsletter today, I sure. did a, uh, for our quote of the week, we do a section called quote of the week. So this is, I'm just going to answer what you're talking about. I'm going to read you two quotes from Dinesh, that wonderful human being, uh, wonderful felon, convicted felon. Um, who stated, and this is this is um, who lives in Texas, uh, discussing the coronavirus outbreak, and this is in March 25th, 2020. He says, he says, uh, remember that a few weeks ago, Jennifer Rubin, the Never Trumper, and others were all putting out the idea that there was so much misinformation being put out by the president and by Fox News that we would see the spreads of the coronavirus in the red states. Republicans would die. But in fact, interestingly, these spreads are mainly in the blue states. Okay? March 25th. 2020 okay this is um 
this is about two days after uh, Texas recorded more than 4,400 positive cases and set its ninth consecutive record for hospitalizations. This is Dinesh D'Souza's t- uh, tweet. I joined Parler app a while ago, but haven't posted there. I'm going to start. Twitter, alas, doesn't believe in free speech. Eventually, we'll get Trump to move, and the real action will be over there at the real Donald Trump. So that's who he's tweeted to. Yeah, there you go. Dinesh D'Souza, it's amazing how quiet they all are now about how coronavirus was a blue state problem, and now it's spreading like fucking wildfire in, the, in red states. They're all incredibly quiet about it. I think one of the reasons that, well, a couple of reasons why the blue states got it bad, like New York and New Jersey and Massachusetts, is because one, they tended to be more urban where people live closer together. But also, those were the early states that were hit hard. That was the COVID cases really were taking off at a time where we didn't quite grasp the magnitude of this thing. So New York City, you know, especially you've got people living on top of one another, literally for 50 floors, 100 floors, you take elevators, there's no, how do you social distance in an elevator? So yeah, it was regarded by some on the right as a blue state problem. And I think that maybe lulled a lot of people in red states into a false sense of security. You know, they maybe took the attitude that, you know, they live, you know, farther apart from one another and the weather's warmer and, you know, germs tend not to do as well in warm weather climates. And they've just in many cases been completely reckless in their in their handling of this. And what what we're seeing now is it finally catching up with them, unfortunately, you know, it. And it didn't have to be this way, you know? It, it, it doesn't, actually, you know what? There's a campaign slogan for Joe Biden. Joe Biden 2020, it doesn't have to be like this. We're seeing- That's uh, a good, I think Joe Biden's best campaign slogan is nothing. <laughs> it's just, we, 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 we have bickered over this over the past few weeks about whether Joe Biden's um, campaign strategy is, is, is working or not. And I think I think they've I think they've nailed it. I, I was having a conversation with a friend about this, and uh, in, in England, and he was like, "What well, you know? How's Joe Biden doing?" And I'm like, "He's doing great." And he's like, "Well, what's he doing? What's the strategy there?" I said, he, "I don't think he really there isn't one. He's just not saying anything, right?" And uh, I think it's working. I think it's working perfectly. Like I haven't seen a better strategy. He just they just allowing Trump to d- destroy himself. Either it's genius on their part or, you know, they just realise that Biden probably, you know, is better if he doesn't speak too much. I don't know. But it's working. Would you would you do do you accept any of that? I disagree with your premise. Biden has been out there um, at various community events and um, doing videos from his his living room or whatever. He's the other day he called Trump a, a child, I think. And I think he said that he that Trump thinks that he views this pandemic as something that happened to him. So I actually think that Biden has he has been out there and he has been hitting Trump. And I have been uh, I've been glad to see it. And there seems to have been like a little bit of a of a pivot. Um, so, yeah, like you don't have to 
you don't make yourself ubiquitous. You don't take any and every interview opportunity uh, that you get, but you can make these pointed jabs on occasion. And I do think that this is this is a more energetic Joe Biden than we saw during the primary. I think I don't know if they're they're giving him a B12 shot or he's taking his Centrum Silver or if the shutdown has given him a chance to to rest and regroup. But this is definitely a, a more energized Biden, despite the fact that, yes, we will get the occasional gaffe. He, you know, he he said we've lost 120 million Americans. He meant 120,000. Trump has seized upon that. But if I'm Donald Trump, I would not want to get into an argument over whose mental state is worse because Donald Trump is deranged and is a malignant narcissist. Yeah, that is one of that is definitely one of the ta- the, the 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 sort of tacks that um, uh, Sean Hannity's been using this one. Sean, they've, they're a lot of uh, a lot of conservatives have been saying is Biden mentally up to the job. It's like this. Hold a second. The other guy is encouraging people to inject themselves with bleach. Right. This this is are you fucking are you crazy? But look, I'm happy that they're doing that. But you know, look, I I mean. Maybe you're seeing a more. I think yes. I think Biden has been more energized when he when he's out there. But I think he has. He, it's pretty low key. I mean, there was a good piece about this in Politico actually that Democrats are now coming around to to Biden's as they called it low key strategy. Uh, you know, as he heads into November. I mean, I, I think he is. Do I think it's it's pretty low key. He's not out there. I mean, he's not trying to. You know, do events like Trump is doing. He's pretty much staying in his basement. He's doing some kind of chats with people. Uh, his Twitter game has definitely got a lot better. But I think it's the yeah, it's the sparing approach, and it is basically uh, allowing Trump to. It's, it's forcing Trump to kind of basically hang himself, right? He's he's giving Trump like you know a certain amount of rope, and 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 Trump is just essentially strangling himself slowly. Uh, over a period of months and it's not getting better that's the crazy thing is that you always think okay Trump's good. Trump is the master of turning this stuff around but uh, but he's not he, it's, there's nothing that he's tried that's worked like he's 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 really desperate here um, and and that's you know it's uh, it's quite amazing to see I mean if you look at um, what's happening in, in a lot of the in a lot of the swing states uh, I mean it's incredible. did you see the 538 um, uh, stuff today about about um, about the polls. No, but I do know the polls are very bad for Trump right now. Yeah. So if you look at what's if you look at what uh, here, I'll just read a quote from five thirty eight today. So the new batch of polls released by the New York Times um, upshot uh, slash Siena College this morning has caused the stir as they gave former Vice President Joe Biden leads ranging from six to eleven percentage points in six key. Battleground states: Arizona, Florida, Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Right. So this means that that um, Trump's advances in the electoral college is now being completely wiped out. Right. That that that's that, that's absolutely devastating. That he's that far behind in 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 all of those in those six key battleground states. That's terrible because the, the only chance that Trump has of course, is is to eke out victories, uh, very, very uh, slim uh, victories in a lot of these battleground states, right? That's his only way of getting reelected. So, and and that lead is, is, is 
and it's growing and growing and growing week by week by week it's growing and biden and but but one thing that's been amazing to see is biden's consistency right he's just consistently stayed ahead of of, of trump in the polls for weeks now and it's growing right and and and, and there's there is no it, there's, it's not going up and down it's not swinging one way or the other it's not close so i think that they must be really 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 worried I think the Trump administration, you know, and Republicans in general are are shitting themselves, and the Senate now as well. There was there was a, a story this week about um, uh, I can't remember what it was. It's like a financial organization, um, and they're now basically betting on them, the Democrats taking over the Senate as well. They think it's highly likely that the Democrats are going to win the Senate. So I think Republicans are are in, are very very concerned right now. I'm going to add a caveat to what you said, but then a but. So my caveat is in 2016, around this time, even later, even closer to the general election, you could find polls showing Hillary Clinton leading in Arizona, in addition to the three swing states that won Trump the election, uh, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. You could also find polls showing Hillary competitive in Georgia and Texas and Utah. So... Again, I, I must revert to my policy of not looking at a poll until after the first debate, although I do tend to see them in my Twitter feed, so it's, it's hard to avoid what they say. The but to that is it's hard to see Biden going the way of Hillary uh, for a few reasons. I don't think Biden has the kind of baggage that Hillary Clinton had. Another reason is, and I hate to say it, Biden is a guy. Trump's not going to be able to pull the kind of bullshit that he pulled with Hillary Clinton on Joe Biden. That's just a fact. It shouldn't be that way, but it is. That matters to too many people, unfortunately. And so, you know, in a race between two old white guys, a lot of people would be more inclined to pick, you know, Biden against Trump than, than Hillary over Trump. I think that is at least the effect of that will, will be positive. And I think with the pandemic going on, it's just really, it's just really hard. It's going to be really hard for Trump to hit that river card. And I think a lot of people are just fucking tired. I think they're just tired of the circus every fucking day. Yeah, Trump's base is going to go with him in spades. But you're going to get a lot of people who just said, eh, fuck it. I'll vote for Trump in 2016, who right now are just fucking tired of this shit. And they're going to vote for Joe Biden. Yeah, I, I think that's right. You know, look, I mean, I, I try to be as realistic about these things as possible, obviously, given what happened in 2016. And I think you're, you know, obviously you're right. There's always a caveat, but and you can never, ever, ever underestimate this guy. This guy is dangerous until he's gone. I'm, I'm worried. Right? I'm always going to be worried until this guy is out of the White House. Uh, literally the day he packed, the, the day that I see Biden, Joe and Jill Biden moving into the White House, I'll stop worrying. But until I see that, like, yeah, I'm not convinced. But every way you dice it, every way you look at it, you just think, okay, there's absolutely, unless Joe Biden dies, which is, you know, conceivable, there, there is, I just, I, I, I just do not see it at all. I cannot see any conceivable way that he turns this around. I mean, look at the trajectory of, of like the coronavirus, right? 
the pandemic is getting it's getting worse. They're not going to have a vaccine until the end of the year. They're not having a there's, there's there is going to be no vaccine until at least November, right, or September, October or November, and it won't be rolled out to a lot of people. And most of Trump supporters are too stupid to understand what a vaccine is and does, so they probably won't take it. I I don't I feel that the unemployment stuff is I can't see how that gets better. How does that get that get better while they're in the middle of a pandemic? Right, I, I I don't see it unless there's a massive round new new stimulus, which is far exceeds the last stimulus. I I don't see it. Every indication is that the next six months are going to be extremely rough, extremely challenging for most people. Uh, and how he navigates that, and how he manages to translate this into you know we're winning and you know America like the the, the latest tact is to pretend that the left are kind of these radical socialists and they're hell bent on like taking over the country, destroying all the, mon- all the mo- you know, destroying Abraham Lincoln monuments, uh, implementing radical Marxism into the White House, et cetera, et cetera. That's the tact. That's the strategy thus far. And I just don't, I don't think people are buying it. I, re- I really don't. You know, and, 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 you know, Biden, to his credit, has basically steered clear of slogans like defund the police. And he's, he's, he's been pretty measured in his response to all of this stuff. Um, you know, again, just saying just enough, not too much. And um, the, I, I, I can't see how this gets turned around. We, okay, here's an exercise, right? Under what circumstance do you see Trump turning this around? Biden has some major gaffe that goes beyond a gaffe, just some awful debate performance or just falls into this narrative for real where he his his cognitive decline is shown to be alarming that's that's yeah. the scenario i see but you know look and and i would say that a lot of the bernie left kept saying that this was going to happen right they said consistently that this is what was going to happen that biden was going to get smashed in the debate with bernie uh he was going to be shown to be you know have amnesia or dementia and um yeah he would fall apart and that americans would see that this guy is not qualified to be in the white house and it just it just didn't happen you know i'm I'm not saying that Uh, and again i i i maintain i have no biden was probably my fourth fifth choice out of all the Democratic candidates, Bernie was was ahead of Biden. I wanted Bernie more than Biden, and and you know I didn't I didn't see that happening. He just it didn't happen. And Biden, you know, he has everything. Every time he you, you hear in, him in in an interview, uh, he's complete almost completely fine. He's fine. I mean, obviously, he's not what he was. That's for that's for damn sure. He's not what he was, but he's fine. He's okay. I mean, he's a lot better than Trump is. So, so I'm just I'm not seeing it. So I think, but I think you're right. It's the only, the only, that's the only conceivable way he does it is, is if he makes a huge gaffe. But what gaffe can you make that's comparable to Trump? What could you say that's comparable to what Trump has been doing? Please don't issue that as a challenge. Yes. Yeah, so that guy, I take that, I walk that back. I walk that back. See, it looks really bad for Trump, especially when he's only apparently going after the Karen vote at this point. And I don't know if you saw, there was a meeting in Palm Beach County, Florida, a few days ago, where basically a series of Karens got up to voice their displeasure with masks. And uh, got a little 30-second clip here, and uh, boy, it's something. 
you literally cannot mandate somebody to wear a mask knowing that that mask is killing people. It literally is killing people. And my the people, we the people, are waking up. And we know what citizen's arrest is. Because citizen's arrests are already happening, okay? And every single one of you that are obeying the devil's laws are going to be arrested. And you, doctor, are going to be arrested for crimes against humanity. The problem with humanity today is ignorance, arrogance, and apathy. Keep taking the road of least resistance. Keep listening to the TV brainwashing you from birth. And they want to throw God's wonderful breathing system out the door. You're all turning your backs on it. I really have many question marks about your degrees and what you really know. I'm sorry, ma'am, but I don't think that you are worthy of your credentials. And I would ask suggestively that you go back to school and get educated. So that was a commissioner's meeting in Palm Beach, Florida, where Palm Palm Beach County, Florida, where Karens were free to get up and voice their displeasure with the with the government there. And what's incredible about this clip, just in addition to the stupidity of these Karens, is the absolute confidence which, with which they made these statements. And it's like they have no idea how stupid they are. And not only do they have no idea how stupid they are, they think they're very smart. And I can't believe one of those commissioners didn't just say after they were done speaking, ma'am, you are an idiot. Masks, killing people, God's law, citizens' arrest. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, I, like like you say, like the comp. What I admire about the Karens is the it's the confidence, right? The sense of entitlement and the sense of sort of superiority that they, by virtue of their skin color, and probably their you know their relative wealth. Right, that they must be able to question doctors. They must be able to question healthcare professionals because they know, they know more about respiratory um, uh, diseases and illnesses and and virology than virologists and epidemiologists. It's it's completely insane. I mean, where like how does this happen? What happens to a person, right? Who, who I mean, I, I'm friends with somebody on Facebook. It's a, it's a, actually I unfriended him recently. He's an ex-cop in Chicago. He's a Trump supporter, and his page is basically filled with like Karen supporters. He's like a sort of a shock jock. He has his own like YouTube channel and podcast or whatnot, um, and he's basically a right-wing arsehole. And but most of the people who comment on his stuff are, are Karens, right? And the. the, the it always amazes me. It just astounds me how confident they are with what they're saying, the level of ignorance and the complete lack of awareness of how stupid they are. It, it, it blows my mind. I mean, that's, that's scary. That's scary. No shame, no shame whatsoever in, in, in saying this. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like in my household, I was told to shut up. If I didn't know anything, I was told to be quiet. Right. When I was growing up, I would start ranting and raving about something and my parents would be like, you need to shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, go and read a book on it. When you've read a book, you can have an opinion on it. It's like that old Lincoln quote. I think it was Lincoln. It's at least attributed to him. Better to remain silent and be thought to be a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. 
Yes, all doubt has been removed. Right. Crazy. Um, <laughs> John Bolton wrote a book. <laughs> yeah, so he did write a book. Wow, what a book that is. I mean, um, again, I think, you know, he's not revealing anything we didn't really already know. Uh, I think that John Bolton has been sort of, um, the press has been kind of harsh on him, deservedly so, by saying like, did you not, did you really not see this before you, you went to work for him? I think he did it, he did an interview with Stephen Colbert and Stephen Colbert was like, you really didn't see this before you went in. And Bolton was like, I didn't. Which makes me wonder about it, obviously. It's almost disqualifying, you know. If you I think, personally, if you voted for Donald Trump in 2016, you should never be allowed to vote ever again. Like you, you're right to vote. You, you basically, you, you've basically disqualified yourself from 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 voting ever again. That's a, I think at least voluntarily, you should you should if you have any sense of shame, you should you should basically uh, never vote again on the basis that you voted for this idiot in 2016. But nevertheless, John Bolton did vote for for Trump in 2016 and thought he was the right man for the job, right? Um, so yeah, I mean there was nothing new. In Bolton's book, buddy, boy, was it, I mean, crazy, you know, trying to bribe dictators. Uh, the other one, not knowing that that Britain was a nuclear power, thinking that, um, uh, who, who did he think was part of Russia? He thought, didn't he think um, um, Finland. Finland, Finland. Was part, Finland was part of Russia? How ignorant do you have to be? This guy's the president of the United States. And, and Bolton's book basically just says this guy is insane. He's stupid. And he's being played by international leaders all over the world. He's asked, he's asking, um, uh, who would he, he asked, uh, you know, Erdogan for political favors. Um, he's asking, uh, China to sell. What was he asking? He was asking the Chinese to, to buy wheat, wheat and soybeans. Wheat and soybeans from from Republican states. You want the hits right here? I, I got the bullet points. The big takeaways. So Trump said invading Venezuela would be, quote unquote, cool, and that the country is, quote, really part of the United States, end quote. Um, like he said, he encouraged, he wanted uh, President Xi to buy more soybeans and wheat from the U.S. because he said that would boost his re-election prospects, Trump's re-election prospects. Uh, you mentioned he had to ask Theresa May if the UK was a nuclear power. He, you mentioned the Finland thing. He said uh, journalists who don't divulge their sources should be punished, saying, quote, these people should be executed. They are scumbags. Trump wanted his secretary of state to give Kim Jong-un a CD of Elton John's Rocket Man signed by Elton John. Bolton writes, quote, getting this CD to Kim remained a high priority for several months. And finally, Trump told multiple people they were in charge of border security, fostering total confusion among his staff. So, yes, like you said, uh, doesn't really tell us anything we didn't know. We we knew Trump was a narcissistic moron. This just is more yet more evidence it's it's new information but it's the same old crap from donald trump yeah i mean it's still great i mean i think the timing of it is fantastic uh, i think john bolton is obviously a giant coward for not saying this during impeachment uh the impeachment hearings but it doesn't really matter i'll take it you know i'll take it right now i think it's probably better it, it actually kind of works better 
right now because leading up into the election, it, it, again, it gives, I think it gives Republicans, uh, you know, sort of, you know, traditional conservatives more of a reason not to vote for him. And I think that that's great. And, and obviously, you know, John Bolton is a complete psychopath. And uh, I have absolutely, you know, that guy is one of the most dangerous politicians in US history. I mean, a genuinely dangerous person. Um, so I got obviously no love for, for John Bolton. But the one thing that is clear is that he's not stupid. Right? John Bolton is not an idiot. Uh, and and his account of how dangerously inept, you know, one of the things we were saying was that the, that the, the British and the Chinese are just playing him for an idiot. Xi Jinping was like, you know, they and, and Boris Johnson in particular, he he mentions, were just constantly kind of manipulating him. Uh, and Trump is too stupid to understand it. So, you know, this is going to be alarming to a lot of conservatives because a lot of conservatives, obviously, they still believe in having a kind of, you know, a sensible foreign policy. Uh, and when you've got this guy at the helm, this guy um, running the show, and he's he doesn't know what he's negotiating with. That's one of the the, the issues. I, I remember when during the um, the negotiations with North Korea, uh, having an argument with a Trump supporting friend of mine about how brilliant Trump was, how how brilliant his negotiations were with with North Korea, which was just completely false because he didn't understand what he was negotiating. So it was a slight problem in that he he genuinely had no idea what he could offer and what he what he couldn't offer so he would make an offer and then later on his administration would then walk it back and go oh actually no 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 we didn't actually mean that um i think one of it was to do with the military with the uh the naval the, the naval ships around south korea uh trump was saying you know we'll stop doing our our, our routine um yeah so he you know he's making offers that he has no understanding of what he can and can't offer uh meaning that foreign leaders can basically take complete, take advantage of him because he couldn't distinguish between having a personal relationship with, with a leader and actually having proper kind of diplomatic, uh, mutually beneficial diplomatic relations with, with, with another country. So they just, all, all, all foreign leaders just basically see Trump as an idiot who they can exploit because he's so stupid and in constant need of flattery and attention. He's not, and he's not aware of what he's negotiating. And, and Bolton basically said that this, you know, every time that he'd enter into a negotiation, Trump, he thought he could go in there and get, a, you know, he thought he could hammer out a deal, an incredibly complex deal in a day. And and foreign leaders were just kind of gobsmacked at how stupid he was. Um, so I think anyway, I think it's good. I think it's damaging to Trump, and that's good. That's a good thing. Uh, that's a very very good thing. Um, I, I, you know, it's another, it's another sort of piece of the jigsaw puzzle. It's another bit of information that's going to help on the fence voters say like, okay, you know, this, this guy is, is, is grossly incompetent and, and incapable of running the country. So, you know, I thought it was, it was, it was just quite funny. It was just quite funny reading John Bolton slagging off Donald Trump. Uh, I, I personally, I don't know. I find nothing better than watching conservatives tearing into each other. That for me is like, it's like, you know, that that's, that's the best entertainment you can get politically. It's watching Republicans devour each other. John Bolton was always a weird fit to be Donald Trump's national security advisor. Trump had campaigned in part on this kind of quasi-isolationist foreign policy. I mean, before Bolton came on, he was shitting all over NATO. Uh, he's beating up on NATO in, in at summits. 
He railed against the Iraq war on the campaign, which Bolton was a big advocate of. So Bolton, he's one of these guys. He's one of these neocons who's never met a war he didn't like. Invade Iraq? Sure. Invade Afghanistan? Sure. Libya? Sure. Like, hey, let's go into Yemen, too. Like, hey, we can we can beat up some bad guys in Somalia as well. I mean, that guy, he's just one of those guys like, show me the country, I'll get you the war. And Trump has been pretty averse to that. And he wanted to withdraw from Afghanistan, like completely back in like 2017 or 2018. And the generals basically you know, talked him out of such a drastic withdrawal uh, for better or worse. Um, this is probably one of the few things I kind of agree with Trump on, but for different reasons, and that is foreign adventurism, military adventurism around the world. But so, yeah, it was always it was always going to be like a, a weird fit. And Bolton, I think he knew this going into it, but he just wanted the position of national security advisor. And I read the first few pages of his book, and he makes it clear that he didn't want to join the administration in any capacity other than secretary of state or national security advisor or something like that. He didn't want to be a deputy secretary or an undersecretary or some unofficial informal advisor. He wanted to be in, in, he wanted an office. So I think for Bolton, this is more about wanting a nice title. I don't know if he would have so much hubris as to think he could actually change Trump's ways and get Trump to see foreign policy as John Bolton sees foreign policy, which is extremely aggressive. I don't know. But for for Bolton to, to say that, you know, he was surprised in what he was getting with Donald Trump, I mean... Please, either Bolton is lying or he's being incredibly naive. I have a hard time buying this line from conservatives that uh, they didn't see this coming. I mean, it's like uh, George. I mean, George Conway, George Conway the Third, sorry, is is one of my favourite um, uh, conservatives, right? In terms of like his ability to hammer Trump. Um, you know, the guys at the Lincoln Project, I think they're they're great. Um, obviously, te- temporary allies, I would call them. What I, I have a very, very hard time. I mean, this guy was wearing a MAGA hat, you know, on, on Trump's election, when, when Trump was elected. I have a very, very hard time thinking that they didn't see this coming. Um, it, and I, I question their intellectual credibility. Uh, if you didn't see this coming, I just think that I, I don't know what to say, you know. It's like those who didn't see. I don't know what do you think is worse? Those who believed George Bush over weapons of mass destruction, or those who thought that Trump would be a good president? Do you think there's some overlap there? Oh, for sure, there's overlap. I mean, they were both they both got a big chunk of the Republican vote and the right leaning vote in the country. But yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, but the thing with the the thing about Trump, Donald Trump is, and I've said this before, once you understand what he is. He can never fool you. And once you understand that he is a narcissist, this man has a narcissistic personality, that means he can't change. There's no medication. There's no treatment regimen, nothing like that. This is not bipolar disorder. This is not schizophrenia where you can dole out meds and, and you know alleviate the symptoms This is what he is. This is who he is and who he'll always be. And once you once you grasp this, nothing he does, no amount of 
fleeting niceties from him, obligatory, you know, kind words about this and that. That can't fool you because you will remember who he is at his core. And that is a narcissist and a very malignant narcissist at that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and I have a very, very hard time believing people who say they didn't see this, who, who, who say, you know what I mean, who claim ignorance. I, I, I don't get it. I mean, perhaps they are. I think that like George, for example, I you know, follow George Conway on Twitter uh, and he, he seems to be genuine. I mean, he's taking an enormous risk here. I mean, obviously his wife's in the Trump administration. Uh, but it's like, man, come on, you didn't see this coming. Like, how did you not see this coming? Like how, how I don't, I don't, there's, there's no rational explanation. I think part of it might be because these George Conway, we're talking about John Bolton. We're talking about conservatives 2016, the Republican Party, their party nominates Donald Trump, who is just objectively ridiculous and terrible as a person. And I think there's a real there might have been at play with some of these these people, a deep seated psychological desire to not believe that their political party and their movement had nominated this terrible person to be president of the United States. And I think it perhaps continued after Trump was sworn in, after he won the election and was sworn in, there's even more of a a psychological need to not think that the president of the United States is a terrible person. So maybe that's what was at play and maybe there was some breaking point. And I know for George Conway, I've I've heard him speak on a, a couple of podcasts about this. There was, uh, you know, talk of him joining the the Justice Department, and he was submitting stuff for, you know, background check, and he was pretty advanced in the process. And he's watching Trump just really go after the the, the deep state and the Justice Department and all that. And, and Conway's looking at this thing, and he's, you know, he he knew right then and there that Trump would be at war with his own Department of Justice, which is something he didn't want to be a part of. So I think. For him, listening to him tell it, that seems to have been the thing that snapped him out of it. And I only wish more Republicans would similarly get snapped out of it, ideally before November. Yeah, maybe. So, so you, you, you'd give him the benefit of the doubt then? Not necessarily the benefit of the doubt. I mean, geez, I mean, his Trump's awfulness is staring us right in the face from day one. I, I'm just... I'm just trying to answer the question, like how seemingly intelligent people could have still supported this guy as late as, you know, early 2017. I also think that there's, you know, the whole Hillary Clinton um, issue as well. I mean, there is like Republicans are completely deranged about Hillary Clinton. I mean, they're still banging on about Benghazi. They're still banging on about her emails. They're still banging on about about the Clinton Foundation. That stuff is still very much kind of front and center of talking points, you know, that's what they talk about all the time um, are, are still these issues that are, have all, have literally nothing to do with anything. Now, Hillary Clinton hasn't been in office for seven years. Um, yeah. They're still talking about her all the time. And I think that there, there is, I mean, John Bolton, you know, did, he, you know, he, he brought up Hillary Clinton about how dangerous Hillary Clinton was and blah, 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 blah. blah. Uh, so there, there is an element of that. And, and, there are there are many Republicans I've met, like seemingly reasonable Republicans who who really don't like Donald Trump, 
who absolutely despise Hillary Clinton. I've never been able to understand that level of hatred. I mean, yeah, sure. I don't like Hillary Clinton. Like, I don't dislike her, but I don't like her. But you know what I mean? But to have that level of hatred and irrationality. I mean, I've got Republican friends who are talking about conspiracy theories that the Clintons killed people. Uh, you know, paedophile rings, and they believe them in these paedophile rings in... Um, in uh, what's the word in uh, indeed that they're running paedophile rings and this kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's genuinely insane. So I think that that may have clouded judgment as well. You know, I guess if you've been watching Fox news for the past two decades, that's the impression that you would have gone about Hillary Clinton, you know, that she was actually this terrifying human being. So I, I don't know, perhaps that's part of it. I, I, again, it's completely, it's complete bullshit. If you ask me, it's complete nonsense. Um, and maybe some, maybe some of them are waking up now. I, I, I don't, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that, that's my stuff. I think Hillary Clinton derangement syndrome is a very, very real thing. If Biden wins, I think Fox News will run as much of the anti-Obama playbook that they can against Biden. But the problem there is Joe Biden is a white guy, and so their playbook will have been stripped of many, many plays. It's basically like they're only going to have running plays in their playbook. Okay. So like slants are out. Posts are out. Hail Marys are out. Those are all out of the Fox news playbook against Biden. All those, like the flea flicker, all those neat little quirky little plays that they ran against Obama. Those are gone. I, you know, who knows what they try to do. They're going to have a choice. Is is Biden like is he the diabolical Marxist or is the he the senile old guy like they're going to have to choose probably a track and stick with it just like Trump is going to like on the campaign. We're seeing like, you know, he's trying to paint him sometimes as like radical left. But on the other hand, he call, he's calling him Sleepy Joe and he doesn't know where he is like, you know, Biden can't be some plotting Marxist on one hand, but just some senile old guy out to lunch on the other they're gonna have to go with one and stick with it <laughs> maybe you're right man yeah I, I don't know it'd be interesting to see uh but none of it's sticking which is good that's the one thing i will say there's nothing see appears to be sticking and that's a good thing to put on a positive note so we can end this on a positive note we did it we ended on a positive note yeah nothing is sticking to biden that's great Okay, happy weekend. <laughs> All right, man. Okay, everybody have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week. Follow us. Um, you can subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, you'll be listening to this on the newsletter. If you want to become a subscriber, you can get 50% off paid membership. You can see that link at the bottom. Um, there's a nice red button that you can press. You get your discount. Please go to Mike's website, newdealdemocrat.com. It's great. I think you've got some new content up there. I do. There's an article about Bolton's book, that which we talked about. There's another article about how Trump's co-vidiots prefer empty flag worship to life-saving mass. And there's a piece up there comparing Republicans, Kevin McCarthy especially, or most recently, uh, to a dung beetle. Nice. So go check it out, newdodemocrat.com. And uh, thanks very much for listening, everybody. And we will see you next week.